Okay, ladies and gents, boys and girls, happy Friday. TGIF, hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here, the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up Show. Appreciate you all tuning in. We have got a lot to get into, a jam-packed show. Got my good friend Jake Crane joining us here on this Friday. Let's make sure audio good, video good. You guys are good. What's going on? I see Justin Bryant, Travis Allen, Jeff Gulledge, Travi, Brendan, Gad, Todd Smith, Rebecca, DC. What is up? Also those in the Big Cock Club Discord. Head over to the TDC Questions channel. The TDC Questions channel. Be sure your questions are answered there. Yeah, we sit here game day eve, folks. Hope you're all doing well. Really excited for tomorrow night. Gamecocks will take on the Charlotte 49ers. I want to hear from you today. The phone lines are open. 843-790-337. 7 Guys, before we get rolling, of course, as always, the Daily Crow brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. You guys are gambling this football season. I know you're betting on the spreads, you're betting on the totals, you're betting on futures. Make sure you're betting on these prop plays of Prize Picks, man. There's so much money to win. Go download the Prize Picks app. Go to PrizePicks.com. When you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% deposit match up to $100, guys. And it's nothing. You can bet on literally everything. Let's jump to the phone line. Here we go. Bree, what's going on? How are you? What's up, Chris? Hey, uh, so check this out, man. I'm gonna make this quick try to try to make this quick today. Um, I'm still getting ready so I can come up to Columbia tomorrow. So um two things I've noticed in the last 24 hours that just have, have driven me a little nuts. One I posted on Twitter, both of them I posted on Twitter this morning, sort of. Um Corey Rucker coming back, you know, somebody's like, hey, is this going to be the spark? Guys, if we don't have enough offensive weapons to create a spark on offense, what the hell is Corey Rucker going to do? I'm sorry. There's there's a lot more than adding one offensive player back into the scheme. I, if anything, we got too many players we're trying to scheme around and, and get them in the, in the mix. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what Corey Rucker is going to do to add to to helping us right now. I, I don't, anyway. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is, like, I hear a lot of people soft-selling this game. Like, oh, you know, Charlotte might control the time of possession and this and that. So we might not get to see as many points as we would like to see. You're not going to see that 60 bomb because, you know, Charlotte's offense and this and that. You know, we're going to win, but, you know, are, are we going to have enough time to run up the score like that and all that? Listen, that's on the defense then. And something I – that's what I was calling and talking about with. Is that Zach Pickens, Jordan Birch thing we keep talking about? Kelsey talked about it yesterday. It's that aggressiveness from our D-line. Guys, we have a four- and five-star rated D-line. No less, even into our backups. Four- and five-stars. Their best guys are two- and three-stars on their O-line. They have – if our guys aren't running them over, then where they belong – is on the bench of the 49ers with their other four-star guy that transferred from Florida. He's on the O-line, and he's a four. he was a four-star recruit, T.J. Moore, sitting on the bench for the Charlotte 49ers with two- and three-star guys in front of him. If Zach Pickens and Jordan Birch and, and Huntley and all these four- and five-star guys are not running over their O-line, stopping their offense and getting the ball back to our offense to give us time to score those big numbers that we've been talking about, we're doomed on defense, too. So, the rest of the season, one way or the other, if we're not dropping that 60 bomb and we're not keeping them down to really small points, 
I'm sorry, the rest of the season, it is a measure for the rest of the season. I don't feel like we'll have a good season if we can't control a team that has no more than a three-star lineman on their on their offensive line. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think realistically, I mean, if you can't, if you can't impose your will and do what you want to do in these next two weekends and obviously starting tomorrow night, if you can't do it then – you know, you, you don't want to say – you don't want to overreact, but but I don't think it's an overreaction. Like, if you don't win these next two games comfortably, maybe this just is not a good team. Like, just straight up not a good team. You know what I mean? So, it's just – and it's just not going to click. Because, again, the, these next two, starting tomorrow night, they are games that you absolutely should be able to – I mean, I, I talked about on the podcast that dropped this morning – the, the talent gap that there was between South Carolina and Georgia – I think there's an even bigger gap between South Carolina and Charlotte. So you should be 100%. able to literally move Charlotte around however you want to. So, yeah, I mean, it's 100%. Yeah, it's, it's an important and, it, and it's important to build confidence and, um, you know, start to build up some goodwill and, 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 and you know, build towards, again, the last, what it'll be, seven games of the season. Because here – you know, here's the thing, and and I would say this. I'll probably talk about this more later on the show too, Bree. But it's like I was, I've been having this internal, this internal uh, dilemma, if you will, in the sense of, I mean, really, you think about it, our season was always going to come down to the last seven games of the season because very, very few had us starting better than three and two. I mean, very few. So, like, if that was always going to be the case, anyways, the season was always going to come down to the last seven games. Kentucky, A&M, Mizzou, Vandy, Florida, Tennessee, Clemson. You know what I mean? So, it's all about building towards that last seven. That, that's really what this season will come down yep. to, whether you win five, six, seven, or eight, or whatever. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, you really need to use and, this and, next and, two. And, and let's build on that. Yeah. Yeah, you have let's to. Let's build on you that, Chris. Exactly what you just said. You said, <clears throat> you said the last seven, right? Yeah. So, here are the quotes going around, right? Here are the quotes we're hearing from coaching staff and blah, blah, blah. This is a good SEC team. We're almost there. Okay? Yeah. We had a tough start to the schedule, so we, you know, we didn't have any easy games, right, to, to get warmed up. All right, let's get those three games. Or they're past us now. Let's not even yeah. – let's not compare the stats from those games and compare our rating from those three games. Let's say those three games don't exist. Now prove it to us in, against Charlotte – SEC State, and then after that, yeah. prove to me that we have a S, a good SEC team because a good SEC team does nothing but blow out. Yeah, no, oh, I would I would agree a I'm thousand sorry. percent. Yeah, no, I mean that that talk, like you mentioned, that talk <laughs> is uh, that talk is all fine. But you, like you mentioned, if you're a quality SEC team, you're you're gonna go beat. You're gonna cover the spread. I mean, at minimum, you're gonna cover the twenty-two. You're gonna you're gonna beat Charlotte handily. It's never gonna be close. Game will be in control from the jump. So, you know, we, we've I, – I think that uh, – I'm not blaming Gamecock fans for feeling how they're feeling right now because the first three games have just – it's about how they've gone, not just the fact you're one and two, but it's how they've gone. So, I don't, I don't blame anyone that is, that is feeling uneasy. Heck, I'm feeling uneasy. But, um, you know, you can tell me all you want how you're a quality team, this, that, whatever, but go show me. You know what I mean? We all just want to see it. So, go drop a 50 bomb tomorrow night. That would, that would certainly at least start to solve a lot of problems. I'll take 50. You know, I'm calling for 60, but I'll take 50. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd take it. I'd, dude, after watching the offense thus far, I'd take 50 points in a heartbeat. So.
So 50, 50 true well, offensive points. Yeah, I would take that. Well, my, my last message to the Gamecock D-line, even our O-line, is prove that you are these four <laughs> and five-star rated guys and do not show us that you actually belong on the Charlotte team with them like their four-star transfer that sits their bench, man. Do not be those guys. Don't go around talking about how we're, we're four- and five-star rated, but we can't push around a two- and three-star line. Mm-hmm. On both sides of the ball, I'm not just going to say this defense, but if, 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 on both sides of that ball, our O-line should be dominating these guys. Mm-hmm. Simple. We have an FEC O-line and an FEC D-line. Our line, should we should be dominating the line of scrimmage, period. Yeah. If not, we're not there. We're not close. It's not happening this year. Stop it. Let's just let's just put the brakes on. Yeah. So anyway, I've said my piece, Chris. I got to get ready. I'll probably be up there, and I think I'm going to see you at the tailgate tomorrow. So, um, you know, um, I got chores and some stuff to do to get ready today. So I'm I'm just going to be chilling and uh, waiting for tomorrow, I guess. Yeah, so, Bree, looking forward. Y'all looking, have a good one. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right, see ya. All right, see ya. Awesome. Great stuff. Great call. Uh, thank you so much, Bree. We've got Jake Crane calling in, guys, in about five minutes or so. I'm um, really excited to get his take on everything. I, I don't think it'll be one of our longer conversations just because, you know, after you lose the way you did, you go into this. I, I, I tell you, though, Gamecock fans, <clears throat> we, we really do need something to feel good about because this week has been a bit brutal. Um, you know, obviously, you lose by 41 to Georgia. Right. By the way, by the way, side note, I, I see Coach Ford commenting on Facebook, and I, I don't know, it, it's mainly on Facebook, but if you guys seen, I tell you what, people on Facebook, I mean, they, not everybody, but uh, people on Facebook really feel some type of way about the the Cop Commander MVP award that we drop every Monday. Like, dude, I'm still getting comments on that post today. It's on that post today. Like, Jerry, what's up, man? How are you? Doing good, man. I got a question for you. I yeah. don't know if you know this, but you might. What time do the gates open on home games? Uh, I think normally, I think it's normally like an hour and a half prior to kick, something like that. Okay. But yeah, I was looking at your predictions. I could see that. Yeah, I mean, I got 48 to 21. I think everybody's probably seen it. For the most part, I heard it at uh, – hold on one second. Um, sorry. Anyways, yeah, no, I, you know, I, I think we cover the spread. I think the Gamecocks better have their way offensively. I, I just – I understand when it's – you know, it's it's never as good as it seems. It's also never as bad as it seems. So, I, I, I think 48 to 21, I feel pretty confident, um, confident with that. You think Satterfield's got more to prove than Rattler this weekend or – Bro, they they've all they they, they've all got a lot to prove, man. If Rattler succeeds, that's a positive for Satterfield, right? It goes th- those those two things go hand in hand, truly. So, because if Rattler succeeds, the offense succeeds, <clears throat> and if the offense succeeds, that means positive things for Marcus Satterfield. So it's 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 everybody, you know what I mean? It's everybody. Everybody's got a lot to prove. Um, <laughs> There ain't, I, I really don't know that there's one person that's got more to prove than the other. The offense as a whole needs to play better, bottom line. Everybody. Play call needs to be better. Execution needs to be better. The line, the quarterback play, everybody. There ain't just one thing. You know what I mean? So, it's all got to be better. And another question I have is, do you think 
everybody on the offense is gelling in the right way? Or is that why the offense isn't clicking yet? Well, is everybody on the offense gelling the right way? Well, I mean, the numbers wouldn't say so. <laughs> I mean, through the first three games, it wouldn't say so. Um, I don't think we've really gelled at all to this point. So, you know, I, that that one's kind of tough because it's like I'm not in the – you know, we're not in the building. You know, I can't make the assumption, like, are they not gelling properly? Like, whatever you want to blame it on, whatever excuse you want to make, it's just not working. That's just the bottom line. So, um you know, you, you sports is a lot of it mental. You need to use these next two weeks to, to get back some, some goodwill and, and uh, you know, some confidence. And so, you know, as my guy Lance in the chat says, the proof's in the pudding. You know, I mean, the numbers aren't there. You're, you're, you're abysmal offensively. So, um, whatever it is, it's, it's not gelling. It's not clicking. It's not working. You got to start to fix it this weekend. <clears throat> All right, buddy. I'll, I'll watch your show. You got Jake Crane coming on. So yeah, yeah, we're about to I'll have him call in. I, I appreciate it, Jerry. Thank you so much for the call. Uh, yeah, Jake Crane about to call in. He was actually just texting me. That's what was distracting me. Either way, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much for the continued love and support, man. It's been a fantastic week. Somebody was asking about Beamer Ball towels. I will have them on hand at Seawells tomorrow, Nathan Brock. Uh, obviously, if I shipped one out today, you would not have it by tomorrow. So, if you want a towel before the game tomorrow night, um, if you want a towel, come by our tailgate. If you don't mind not having it tomorrow, I could ship it today, and you'll have it by, like, Monday. Here we go. It's going to be fraudulent. To accept, press one. To send a voice. See, Jake, that, that was unnecessary. That, that, that was a low blow. <laughs> Why? We are catching it. We are catching it all directions this week i'm seeing like barstool sports put out an article saying south Carolina football is a joke i mean it's it's just i i I can't win this week jake what's going on man appreciate you taking the time well oh no problem man i appreciate you having me now it's all in good fun here's here's my thing you know the amount of hell that i caught when i said this before the season even on this show like every time i said this you can go back before the year i said when this does happen and it happens like i said it's gonna happen Mm -hmm. Every time I come on here on Friday, I am going to remind everyone. And you know what? That may be a fault of mine. I don't know. But the hell I caught, the emails I got, the DMs I got was – I've saved them all. I got, I got more receipts than TJ Maxx right now. But like I also said, Sacramento is not a joke. He needs time to get better personnel in up front. Rome wasn't built in a day. You can build it faster now with the transfer portal, but – you know, at the end of the day, he needs time. This game is one and lost up front, and that's how it'll always be. Yeah. Jake, let, let's just start there, because I, I do want to get your thoughts really briefly on what happened over the weekend against Georgia. I know it's it's done and gone, but we haven't talked about it, you and I, since it happened. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, the conversation this week has been around deservedly so. Marcus Satterfield, the offensive coordinator. When the offense isn't clicking, that's when it's going to come back to. And, you know, when you add the pieces, you add it, and it's not clicking. And, again, it's just a three-game sample size. There's a lot of football left to be played. But if things continue, you know, I, I know what you said, Jake, and I, I, I agree with you to a point in the sense of, you know, it does come down to personnel. A lot of schemes are similar. But at the end of the day, here, here's how I'm feeling. Because you see right now what's going down with South Carolina football, and, I mean, we, we really are mm-hmm. catching it from all angles. And, you know, I, I think it's – it's unfortunate, Jake, because, you know, you're a Beamer guy. I'm obviously a Beamer guy. and But when coaches do this whole coach speak thing after getting your brains beat in, 
right? It's just a lot harder to like really hear that on a week in, week out basis and say, oh, yeah, yeah. Like it gets old. And I just, I look at this situation with South Carolina right now. You know what? They could use the next two games, turn it around, find a spark, become an explosive offense. And we're all singing somehow Marcus Satterfield's praise at the end of season. But let's just say that that does not happen. And the offense sputters. Rattlers, extremely average, and, you know, they just don't have a good year offensively. I hear what you're saying, Jake, in the sense that it's a personnel problem. I don't totally disagree with you. I mean, I think the offensive line still, I mean, obviously there's a reason they're recruiting the trenches so hard, and players have got to go make plays, right? You know, you were a coach. Players at the end of the day got to go make plays, Mm -hmm. bottom line. I agree with you. But would you also agree that if the offense sputters this way, Shane Beamer's hand will almost be forced because I feel like if he brings back Marcus Satterfield after the offense is abysmal yet again, it, it almost feels like it will be career suicide in the sense of in the, and I know that's unfair. I know that's unfair. I I'd agree. That's unfair, but at least from the fan side of things, because right now all the blame is on Satterfield. If Shane Beamer mm-hmm. doesn't show a willingness to make the move and pull the trigger on this guy, that blame will shift from Satterfield to him. And that's the last thing you want to have. And what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, when, we, when I made the point about personnel, you know, the coaches are responsible for the personnel too. So it, it can be Marcus Satterfield's fault, not just from a play calling standpoint. You are the offensive coordinator. You okayed these guys when, when the sheets were filled out and the film links were sent. And you watched them and said, all right. And then you watched them on tape practice and said, this guy needs to play here. This guy needs to play there. So ultimately, it always falls on the coaches. That's part of being a coach and, and being a leader in the program. And then ultimately, it falls on the head coach. My point was more about when you don't have the personnel that's good enough, right. there's not a team in the world that can save you. But you are responsible for that personnel. So all in all, it is the coach's fault. My thing is, why is nobody talking about the defensive coordinator? I mean, hell, Arkansas blew the light bulbs out of the scoreboard, and Georgia almost rewrote history there, there uh, in Columbia. Like that, that's everybody. Everybody looks at the offense, but I'm looking at the defense. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you let Georgia State score some points. I mean, look at what they're doing now. They can't beat Charlotte, who's softer than the web that they got spun in the book right now. So, you know, when when I look at South Carolina, I think it's all encompassing. I mean, you're 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 not good on offense right now. You're not good on defense, and when you're not good on defense, you're probably not going to be that great on special teams. Not that they've been horrible, and we you know they blocked the punting against Georgia State and all that stuff. But I think it's a little bit of everything. Because, yeah. look, lack of personnel, sun, the sunshine exposes everything, man. And, and it's going to take some time. But, but there can be bad play calls. That can still exist. And, look, I, these next two games, are we really going to learn anything? I mean, you go out there and win 63 to nothing in yeah. both of them, and I don't think we're really going to learn anything. You know, you're going to have to prove it against somebody that's worth their salt. So, at this point, it is what it is. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you next year – you will see a much smoother product on the field than what you're seeing right now because it's choppy, right? Maybe one game the offense will be playing decent, the defense looks terrible, then the defense looks good, and the offense looks terrible. It's just that's that's the way it goes. That's the way of the road, and that's why I had South Carolina going two and six in the SEC. Yeah, it's a fair point, Jake. Let's go back to the game against Georgia really quickly. I won't spend a lot of time on it because – I mean, what is there really to talk about when you when you get beat 48 to 7? And like you mentioned, I mean, that was that was the score almost Georgia allowed it to be. Like they took out Stetson Bennett. I mean, Stetson Bennett was taking pictures and kissing babies with like seven minutes to go in that ball game. 
Um, let's let's. I, I want you because again, you're an SEC guy. You're a national guy. Talk about the Georgia Bulldogs. How impressed were you with them? I know this is a Gamecock show, obviously, but I, I love to hear your thoughts and your takes on college football. You know, I went to that game last weekend, Jake. We talked this time last week, and I said Georgia's an elite. I picked the score that I did. Folks didn't like it, but I think folks see now. You know, and again, the, the, them beating the Gamecocks, I guess, doesn't doesn't assure all that. You know, they're they're just on another level than anybody else. But as I said last week, and I'll stand by this, Jake. There's only one team, I think, in college football that can beat the Georgia Bulldogs when they're playing their best, and that is Alabama. And at this point, I'm not even sure. sure Alabama can take them down when they're on their A game. Yeah, well, I mean, you just take one look at Georgia. Look at those 85 guys that are rolling out. I mean, it reminds me on dodgeball when, you know, Ben Stiller's like, let me introduce you to the team that will be winning the, the Las Vegas Invitational <laughs> with Blaze, Taser, Laser, Blazer, and all those guys. That's what they got. Kirby turned yeah. Athens into, into Tuscaloosa. What, what Nick did. Look familiar? Now there's two of them. But I'll say this. Don't sleep on Alabama. They get JoJo Earl and Tyler Harrell back. Tyler Harrell's our deep threat. Nick Saban's got really good players, too. Alabama recruits really good players, too, and, and they run a tight ship. I mean, hell, Kirby got the blueprint from him. But from a, a, a balance standpoint, I think this Georgia team is better than the Georgia team last year. Mm -hmm. And I know it's early in the season, but look at what they did to Oregon and look what Oregon did to BYU. Now, the transitive property can be somewhat, you know, it, it can kind of be a mirage at some point, but there are things you can gain from it. Physically, on offense and defense, Georgia is superior to every team they're going to play until they play Bama. That's what's going to happen. Uh, I don't see – I mean, Stetson Bennett's got nothing to lose, man. I mean, he's already a national championship winning quarterback at Georgia as a walk-on. He's rich forever. Well, like, he's not going to play in the NFL. He'll sell more cars in Athens than anybody's ever sold in their whole life. He'll be the Mike Lindell of car sales uh, if, if they were pillows. So, uh, I think they're playing loose. I think now the, the wide receiver room isn't decimated. Munkins opened up the offense. I mean, Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, Oscar Delp. I mean, Arik Gilbert, like, they're loaded. They're just really, really good. And the defense, while it isn't the defense from last year, it's still a top three defense in the country and it's loaded with NFL players. So last year, Georgia could only beat you a couple ways. They'd have to smother you on defense, which they did a lot, and try and not turn the ball over and screw it up offensively. This year, they can win in a shootout. They can shove you down for four quarters and not let you score defensively. They can win in multiple ways, and there's nothing more dangerous than teams that can win in multiple ways. Jake, let's talk Spencer Rattler because we can talk about personnel, O line, or see all that. But you know the quarterback oh, yeah, gets the quarterback sure. gets all the credit. He gets all the blame too. And uh, bottom line is this: through th through three games, Seven's got two touchdowns and five picks. I don't, I don't give a damn what you want to blame or how you want to spin it, but he he's not playing great football yeah. right now. And I know you had your doubts on him. I, I I will say this: I don't see the the bad attitude. I don't see the hanging the head. Yep. I, I don't see the being a bad teammate type stuff or some of the criticisms he had over the summer. I, I just don't think he's not – I just don't think he's playing all that great. I, I don't think anything with his attitude – I don't know if maybe I'm I'm missing that or I'm seeing it through garnet glasses. I'm really not trying to. I don't see that being a major issue. But I think there's a multitude of reasons. But either way, he's not playing great football. Um, and I think that's been one of the bigger disappointing things for me is, you know, I look like, for example, last weekend – and maybe this is unfair. Maybe I'm putting too much on him. But, for example, I, I don't know if you were able to go back and Jake watch that entire game, but one of the fourth downs South going to have, and Shane Beamer pointed this out, you know, they got the look they wanted on fourth down. They got man coverage. Uh, Jalen Brooks runs, a, runs a, a cross or drag or whatever across the field. And, you know, there was pressure in, in Spencer Rattler's face, but if he makes an accurate throw, you know, is able to put the ball out in front of Jalen Brooks, he catches the ball, runs for the first down, 
Instead, the pressure gets in his face, rolls out, he throws it behind him. He's tackled. He doesn't convert. I felt like it was plays like that in the preseason where I felt like Spencer Rattler's talent is going to overcome our shortcomings, and I'm not sure that I've really seen that yet. And again, maybe that's unfair for me to put that all on him, but uh, the bottom line moving forward is, is Seven has got to step his game up and play better. Yeah, well, you know, on the attitude standpoint, I, I, I think the experience at Oklahoma and him transferring uh, grew him up a little bit. I haven't seen any signs of the same Spencer last year. Now the season's still young. Well, we'll see. There's still time to turn it around, but uh, it seems he has turned that corner. But just because you're not a bad teammate anymore, it doesn't mean you're still looking, not looking at the rush now and you're actually getting really into the yeah. second and third progression. I mean, Stephen Garcia, it's the same stuff we talked about at Oklahoma. We transfer over here and Jordan Rodgers, all these guys, had him as the top three quarterback in the SEC and this, that, and the other at media days just to make news, I guess, whatever you want, whatever you want to say. My, my thing is this. You stared at the rush at Oklahoma. You're staring at the rush of South Carolina. You got a worse offensive line at South Carolina than you did at Oklahoma. You knew what you were getting yourself into. Yeah. So I'm still confused at why you're still staring at the rush. Steven Garcia said the same thing. He sees the same thing I'm seeing. It's snap, look at the rush, then look up. Yeah. It's the same stuff. And then when he gets to that second read, if for some reason that second read isn't there, he tries to improvise and get outside of the pocket. And then what happens? He throws either one of two things will happen. It will be a spectacular throw that's a big play, or it's a turnover. Yeah. There's no in-between. There's really no throwaways. There's, Spencer, is, it's really kind of all or nothing, and it's been a lot of nothing lately. But if he doesn't stop staring at the rush, because guess what? South Carolina's offensive line probably ain't getting much better. Yeah. Okay, the, 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 the ceiling for them from a talent standpoint, if you just watch them and watch them move, they got a lot of weight spenders there. And I, I didn't go back and watch the, the Georgia-South Carolina game. I mean, if I want to watch a murder mystery, I'll watch first 48, but – from what I was seeing when it was from what I was seeing when it was live was there were some plays where there was a pretty clean pocket. And just like against Arkansas, if you go back and watch the Arkansas game, Spencer missed a lot of guys open downfield early in that game when it really, really mattered. And people look at the stat line and say, Oh, we threw for three hundred and seventy yards. Yeah, we also had one touchdown, two interceptions and a QBR rating of fifty three point four. Uh, and, and in that many attempts with the way Arkansas, which, by the way, doesn't have the best secondary in the world, if you haven't noticed, uh, they were playing umbrella coverage anyway and keeping everything underneath. So uh, I, I think he's got a ways to go. He has the talent. We've never doubted, doubted the arm talent for Spencer Rattler, but until he stops staring at the rush and he makes smarter decisions inside and outside of the pocket, it's going to be the same movie over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would not uh, – <clears throat> I don't think the word I'd, I'd use to describe Spencer Rattler in the pocket this season, I don't think comfortable would be that word. It's uh, – I, I can count on no, one he's hand. About, yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's, he's about as comfortable as, as me and, you know, trying to throw the ring in the volcano on Lord of the Rings, man. Like, and then just not comfortable. <laughs> not at all. You know, I, I think it's interesting, Jake, again, as you move off the Georgia game, though. Um, I mean, I'm going to say this, and – I, I feel kind of silly saying it, but it's like, I don't know if there's anybody happier about the offensive struggles and Spencer Rattler struggles and Marcus Satterfield struggles than, like you mentioned, Clayton White, the defensive coordinator, because uh, they're not exactly having a time yeah, on that nobody, side nobody either. About this. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Right now. I mean, and, and you know, listen, I understand down five starters against Georgia and, and you knew it was going to be a tough test. I'll tell you what, when I saw that in pregame, I was like, God, this, I, I you know, I kind of kept it to myself because I didn't want to, I was like, you know, what value is this going to provide an hour before kickoff? When I saw that, I was like, this is a name your score game for Georgia. That's, that's literally how it feels now. Um, but, you know, 
200 against Georgia State, 295 against Arkansas, 208 against Georgia, and that was just mercifully because they didn't want to run for more. Um, Gamecocks defense has got some issues. There's no doubt. They got to get healthy. The defensive front's got to play better. Run defense got to be better. You know, what my biggest fear, Jake, in the preseason, I have seen it happen through three weeks, and it's this. I talked all summer. You know, this was a defense last year that made a living getting the football off of people, forcing turnovers. And I just question if you're not getting those turnovers at the rate in which you got them last year, will you still have a good defense? Well, I think the proof's in the pudding. You've only forced one turnover in three games, zero turnovers in your two SEC games, and your defense has just gotten gashed. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, in that front seven, there's more holes than Camp Green Lake right now. I mean, you, you, especially here's the thing though, Chris, you know, it's one thing if, if people are, are popping big runs where you're breaking a couple tackles and, and the tackling's bad, right? Like you're, you got guys that are there, but the tackling's bad. What I'm seeing with South Carolina, they're out of gaps. They're overrunning plays at linebacker. They're getting buried inside at linebacker. That's why it seems like, that's why, as a South Carolina fan, it, you're probably watching, like, why is the B-gap so open? And why is it so open that the B and the C-gap are coming together and it looks like you could drive an ambulance through the middle of that thing? Well, it's because South Carolina is legitimately getting bullied up front, but half the time they're taking, they're not reading the blocks they're getting. And when you're not reading the blocks you're getting, that means you're guessing. All right, this is Major League Baseball where you have to guess this guy's throwing 100 miles per hour. you got to guess fastball and adjust. You have got to take the right steps of linebacker. You can't fall step. You've got to read your keys. But especially on the defensive line, you have got to be able to feel the reads that you are getting when you get blocked. Hey, my guy goes down, squeeze and spill. Hey, my guy goes down, squeeze and box. They look confused when they're when they're getting base box. They're trying to work over the. They're literally trying to swim through base box. You are gonna you're gonna get pushed around by teams that by by App State. You want to know how Texas A&M got pushed around by App State? They got underneath them. South Carolina's defense plays so high, and they try and get over the top of everybody that they never get penetration in the backfield to kill any of these gap team plays, power, counter, any truck, any of that stuff before they get started. And those type plays with pullers, and I'm not talking about split zone. I'm talking about gap team runs. Those type plays with pullers, if you let, let them get going, the longer it goes, not diagonally, because you do want to stretch it out, but the longer it goes before that offensive lineman that's pulling has to make contact with somebody, the more likelihood you are going to get gassed. And that's what you're seeing. That's why that B-gap looks wide open. Jake, let me ask you this. From what you've seen from South Carolina on the defensive side, you know, however much film you've watched or highlighted, what do you think is the bigger area of concern, defensive line or linebacker? Because we've been trying to figure out forever. I mean, I just – I don't feel like the Gamecocks have been able to stop the run literally since Kelsey Quarles was playing D-tackle and Jadavion Clowney was on the edge. I mean, it's just been forever. When you look at this team, though, I mean, I feel like linebacker has been an area of deficiency for a while. Would you blame more so the defensive front or the linebacking core for something that South Carolina has to upgrade that immediately to improve the run defense? Well, you know, defense, defense football is a team sport in general, right, right, but, right. but defense is, is you ha- everybody has to be right. Like it's the, the, the rule of thumb is this. The linebackers should make the D-line right. Okay, that's why you see whenever D-linemen are lined up wrong, the linebackers are bumping them over doing all this stuff. But even during the play, I mean, we had Patrick Willis on the show down in the Senior Bowl golf tournament. He was talking about that big hit against LSU in the goal line where he poop slammed the guy at the one. He called the wrong front, and he tried to adjust it, and they didn't have time to adjust. So you know what he did? You know what he said he did? 
I went and made a damn play. That's what he said he did. And right now, South Carolina isn't good enough right. to be able to make up for almost not perfect technique. Yeah. But when I'm a linebacker, you're the captain of the defense typically. It's going to fall on you. But when I'm getting guys pushed into my lap, it muddies everything up. Linebackers aren't six foot five and six foot six. You know, we always talk about quarterbacks. Oh, they need to be able to see. That's why the taller quarterbacks. Linebackers, same depth, depth from where the middle of the ball is. So you, you it's tough to, to see as well, especially when you have people in your lap. So to me, there's, there's blame to go around. I wouldn't put it on one unit. It's guys not working together, but it starts with the D line because the D line can hide a bad secondary. Secondary can't hide a bad D line. So at the end of the day, that's just how it rolls. Jake, what do you make of all of these shots that Shane Beamer and South Carolina football are catching nationally? Because I, I don't know if you saw the the Barstool Sports article. Uh, Shane Beamer, of course. Again, the coach speak is all fine and dandy, right? Every coach does it. But when you lose the way South Carolina did, you've lost two in a row, and, and you know you've got Spencer Rattler, who's a high profile guy, and you caught all this hype and and all this chatter in the preseason, I almost feel like people are looking for you to fail, right? To to say, hey, I told you so. This guy stinks, or y'all stink, or whatever. That, that just comes with the territory. It is what it is. You want that pressure. I said it in the preseason. I want the hype. Let's, let's do it. Why not? Bring on the pressure. Pressure makes diamonds. But you see Barstool Sports talking about South Carolina football as a joke. We all know the type of reach Barstool Sports has. You're seeing clips left and right, and, and the shots being fired off because of things Shane Beamer is saying and the coach speak, and like, what do you make of that? Why, why do you think the Gamecocks are catching so much heat from all different directions? Uh, number one, I mean, Barstool, we know. I mean, that's not somebody that, that I would go to to really get true football knowledge. I mean, right. I, I just, they're, they're, a, they're a big, they're a big the, name. The they're a big school. voice. They're a big name. They're a big yeah, voice. Yeah, no, I mean, they are a yeah. big name. I mean, it's the high school hallway. So, I mean, obviously it's important. <laughs> but look, I, right. I, I think, I think, Here's, here's the deal. So Shane is great on social media, right? Right. All during the offseason, all the videos, all that stuff. Well, when you do stuff like that, and I like it. I think it's smart. I think it's the new wave. When you do stuff like that, the flip side of you not performing well is that stuff still out there. Yeah. All that stuff you said is still out there. But I think sometimes, and maybe it's just because I was in the business, when we look at what coaches say in press conferences, people put way too much credence into that. Like, think about it from a coach's perspective. Like, think about it from Shane Beamer's perspective. This is – I'm still brand new, basically, in Columbia. Mm. We did really good my first year – or we did a lot better than people thought my first year. Going into the second year, I know what we lost. We did bring a decent amount back, but we caught a lot of breaks last year. You brought up the turnovers. You have to have that when you don't have efficient personnel. So I'm supposed to go into the press conference and say, oh, and I've got a team I've got to go talk to and a team that I've got to get excited about going to practice and watching film after a bad start, which is hard enough when everybody's still being nice to you. So what am I supposed to go up there to the podium and do? Say, guys, you know what? I was wrong. We suck. Spencer Rattler sucks. Marcus Satterfield, he's the worst. I'm an idiot for hiring him. I'm, I'm surprised to have a job. What, like, what are you, what are, what are you supposed to say? Like, like just, you go up there and say, listen, we're, we're not playing well right now. We know, I know that. The players know that. We hold ourselves to a higher standard, this, that, and the other. Because if I go in there and just start slamming us and saying, well, we're no, we're no good right now. We, we ain't got a chance in hell. And then I'm, they're going to hear all that. And then I'm supposed to go into the team meeting or go talk to the team after or console the guys after and say, you know what? I was just messing with them. We're, we're really good. We're just – it's on me. You know what I'm saying? And then, then you have to start trying to trick the players. So 
I think people put way too much in the post-game press conferences. Like, I, I feel like it's, it's a wasted argument because that's, it's just like any business. You're not going to come out there and say the house is on fire, even if the house is on fire. It's right. just, that's bad business. <clears throat> Yeah, for sure. Now, I, I I think so. I mean, I I think fans look a little too much into the into the coach speak and, and the press conferences and stuff like that. Let, let's talk a little bit, Jake. This game. Well, let's well, Chris, yeah. Chris, let's think about it. What mm. what is the action? Speaking and people are like, oh, that's just coach speak. Well, yeah, d- yeah, that yeah. because that's what the smart thing to say is. Yeah. And then when you get to Nick Saban's level or some of these other guys, like Steve Spurrier, mm-hmm. when they got destroyed when he was the head coach of South Carolina, uh, I forgot who it was, and he was like, well, we just got whipped. Mm-hmm. And this, that, and the other. But you know what? Steve Spurrier had one foot out the door at that point anyway. It was going to be his last stop. It was Steve Spurrier, the legendary coach from – he can say that. Yeah. He's not having to convince anybody he's a good coach. Mm-hmm. He's not going to go out there and have to beg for a job after. Like Shane still knew. Yeah, I, I, I will say this, Jake, from the, again, from the fan perspective, um, I, I, I will say I, I do just think it's tough for fans to to hear the coach speak and to hear the sunshine and rainbows and love your brother and above all else. And that's all fine and dandy when it's the preseason and everything's going swell. But when you're not winning, that that is hard to – it's just – you know, like, 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 for example, for example, Jake, I'm sure you saw this, hearing – and I love Beamer, obviously. This is not – I'm not slamming Beamer. I'm just making the point. But hearing like Beamer and Satterfield talk about, you know, we're just, we're really close, guys. We're so close. And it's like, close to what? Being Vanderbilt? I mean, what, what, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? So I, I don't know. It's close to scoring two touchdowns against Georgia <laughs> next year. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's, 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 uh, yeah, but see, like yeah. sometimes it can be too much. Again, yeah. I would just, if it was me, I'd go through like, listen, y'all saw what happened. I know what happened. We're building this thing. We got guys in there that want to win. We're going to keep building it. Don't give up on us because we're about to figure this thing out. And then I'm getting off the podium. Yeah, for sure. But fans want vindication, man. Right. Fans want somebody. Fans want you to go up there and say, you know what? The half of y'all that said we were going to be terrible or we weren't going to be as good as some people thought, you guys are right. And I was wrong. Like, that's just never going to happen. But fans were for fanatical. And look, yeah. without fans, we wouldn't have – you wouldn't have a show. Right. I wouldn't have yeah. a show. All those – Beamer wouldn't have a job that paid nearly what it did, mm-hmm. does right now. You know, I don't know how long that's going to stay like that, but uh, he wouldn't have the way it is now. So, uh, it's part of it. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, I, I, I love it because you're right. I love the passion, Jake. If it wasn't for fans and fanatical, and if you if you will. And, I mean, I'm one of them, but we wouldn't be able to do what we do. So, I mean, I, I love the passion. I mean, passion you got fans and... in Utah, Chris, threatening to blow up nuclear reactors, man. God. Like, it could yeah. be worse. I, I think I saw something that was like, yeah, Utah fans, they, they're threatening to blow up nuclear reactors, and they're, they're topless at a game. It's like Utah is officially ready for the SEC. <laughs> Yeah, no, look, that, that's funny. The minute that story broke, Greg Sankey sent him their, uh, their golden ticket in a chocolate bar. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love it. Dude, uh, Jake, when you move into a game like this against Charlotte, you're, you're 22, 22 and a half, 23-point favorites, what have you. You're expected to win. Uh, like you mentioned, you're not going to, quote, unquote, learn anything just from, from beating Charlotte, a team that literally on paper statistically has the worst defense in all of college football but what can the Gamecocks take away from a game like this I, I I do believe it's it's of utmost importance to get a big win to get start to if for nothing else positive momentum right confidence building up that confidence internally because here's the reality of it Jake 
these next two weeks, yeah, they're, they're snoozers to the casual fan. But if you can't push around Charlotte and South Carolina State, I mean, we might as well go ahead and put your five and seven in black ink. You know what I mean? Like, because you, you're just you're, – you're, there's not many positives that are going to happen the rest of the way out. What can a team – and, again, you've been part of teams. You've come into games. Your football team is big favorites, expected to win. How do you approach it the right way, and what can South Carolina get out of a game like this? Well, you, number one, you need a win for confidence, right? But it's the human condition. That's how human beings are. A win, regardless of who it's against, will bring back a little bit of confidence after what's gone down. You've been in a little bit of a rut, so you want that. It also, you know your personnel is better than theirs, so it gives you a chance to go back and work on the fundamentals, the small things where you've been screwing up. Let's get back in the shoot, D-line. Let's stay low. Let, let's, let's turn this thing around. It's, it's almost like kind of a reset, but at the same time, you do have to respect your opponent. Because while Charlotte's defense is absolute hot dog water, the, the, the Chris Reynolds kid at quarterback, he's got a little bit of witch in him. Not a lot, uh, but a little bit of witch in him. He, he can do some things. And South Carolina, you, you have to get back to the simple thing. And because, again, you can get lost and all the stuff. You've got enough now where you can self-scout. We're going into week four. You've got three weeks to self-scout to get you ready for this run you're trying to go on to break some of the early tendencies that you have. So, there's some positives you can get out of it. Uh, there's always positives. But you're not going to feel truly good about yourself. You know, it's like, it's like if you're trying to lose weight, right? right? You know, you lose three pounds. You feel good about yourself. But, man, it doesn't feel like 10 pounds. 10 pounds, you feel – I mean, you're already starting to see it a little bit. You know, the sun shines a little <clears throat> brighter. You're walking faster around, making better decisions with your food. So, like, it, to me, you can only get so many positives out of it. We're going to find out because guess what? What's the next SEC game? It's at Kentucky, right? At Kentucky, yeah, Lexington. Yep. With, that's a winnable game, believe it or not. Yeah. I, I think Kentucky's a little bit of fool's gold. I don't think South Carolina wins it, but that's one when I look on the schedule that, I don't, that I'm not like, all right, that's a loss yeah. in, in what they have left. Yeah, and, and I think that's, that's a, a game, Jake, where for better or for worse, it feels like every year for South Carolina football and Gamecock fans specifically, that's when you point to and say – Okay, because I, I feel like mo- – and this is not your, your, your daddy's Kentucky, right? I mean, this is a Kentucky team that <clears throat> Mark Stoops has done a fantastic job building that program and what they've got going on. But, you know, for a lot of fans, right or wrong, they will put practically all of their stock in that ball game for the rest of the season and, and what this Gamecocks football team is going to be. And, and I know we'll talk about that much, much more, Jake, in two weeks, but I listed that game in the preseason as the biggest inflection point of the season. You know, that, that game is going to kind of determine – what direction your season's going to go. Like, you win, and hey, we got a chance to overachieve and prove somebody like Jake Crane wrong, or you're going to lose, and you're going to be right on the path to, like you mentioned, go five and seven, or maybe fight to get to six and six. So, that'll be then. This is now, though, Gamecocks, the big opportunity tomorrow night to take down Charlotte and just have just have something to feel good about. Just just change the press clippings yeah. up and the, and the mood on social media a little bit, because it feels like the Gamecocks have been catching it from every single direction over the last week or so. Uh, Jake, before I get you out of here, man, I always appreciate the time. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Uh, what do you like most on the gambling side of things in the SEC games you're most looking forward to watching this weekend? Ooh, ooh I, I do want to say that before I go, since I'm on audio only, the worst part about it is I can't see the chat. So I, they, they're probably not exactly super excited with me. But uh, what's the vibe in the chat right now, Chris? Uh, the chat is – I don't think they're mad at you. I think they're more mad at us, if that makes sense. So, 
Also, we're, okay. well, also, know, I think, that, also, I so think they're definitely, yeah. they're definitely mad at me. So I'll, yeah, I'll I mean, I definitely take that. But you know what? Listen, it's like your, I your said, typical Auburn comments, you know, your Auburn comments, you know, whatever. <laughs> Auburn, the Auburn comment? What Auburn comment? I, I, there's some. Uh, I saw something like ask him how Auburn's doing. I, I don't know. Um, oh well, look, it's a, I could have told you that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you got a cup. Auburn hasn't sent me a check yet. Um, the bets I like, SEC wise. Let me see. As an Auburn fan, also you can't kill with thirty dead inside. Um, <laughs> I actually like what I actually like. Bowling Green plus thirty-one. To be honest with you. Uh, at Mississippi State, Mississippi State absolutely handed that game. I don't see a way in which Florida can score enough points to keep up with Tennessee because mm-hmm. Tennessee's going to make Anthony Richardson beat them with his arm. And Billy Napier, for some reason, will not run quarterback design runs. He won't do it. Mm-hmm. If it was me, if it was me and I had Anthony Richardson, and I know his ability to throw the ball, he's running it 20 times a game. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about guys working open? So I'd buy the spread down to nine and a half because I just hate taking spreads that are 10 and a half or, you know, 17 and a half or 24 and a half or three and a half or anything like that. So I'd buy that Florida Tennessee spread down to minus nine and a half Tennessee. And I'd pound that thing with Thor's, uh, Thor's hammer, not Thor's hammer. That's my fault on that one. Um, but, you know, looking across with Auburn and Missouri, I absolutely would not touch that thing with a 10 foot pole. I'm actually hoping Auburn loses, to be honest with you. That'd be the best thing for the program. Harson won't make it to the podium. The Arkansas-Texas A&M game, I feel like it's going to be high-scoring, Chris. You know, Arkansas secondary is really struggling. Max Johnson doesn't panic like Haynes King in the pocket. And KJ Jefferson always takes over in big games. So, give me the over. I don't think you'd be crazy to buy that one down to 49-and-a-half. So, obviously, Arkansas-A&M, Florida and Tennessee, whatever Alabama is against Vanderbilt. I don't care what it is. Just take Alabama to cover. And probably Georgia, too. So, you're you're completely off, Harson. You're you're done with Brian Harson. Oh, dude, I was done with him after he took O'Boy from the uh, uh, Zach Calzada from the portal and didn't get any offensive linemen. You know, I was, I was literally, I, in, in my mind, Chris, I was like, all right, I've been an Auburn fan long enough to know probably what's going to happen is somehow Magic and Jordan Hare was going to let us beat Penn State, but they're so bad that the Magic had no effect. I mean, Magic can't give you everything. Just ask Dumbledore. Auburn is as bad as I've ever seen them. You've got to fire them. Like, they may beat Missouri. But what George is going to do – you talk about first 48, like, that body's already dead. You're never finding it. Like, like Auburn against Georgia. You go two Mississippi State, two Ole Miss. But it's just funny, you know, sometimes the boosters are right. Jake, I, I, I guess my question would be this to you. How, how can you – how do I want to phrase this? Like, he's only been there, what? This is his second season, right? Yep. Right. And like, it just seems crazy to me that you, you put together these staffs to go hire coaches and, and find the right fit. How can it go so wrong so quickly where it's like not even two full seasons yep. in, you're like, this guy's a bum. Like, like, how can you spend all this time trying to find the right fit and get it that? How can you get it that wrong? I guess that's my question. Well, that's how can you what, get it that wrong? Well, well, Chris, it was, it was the, Harson was the third or fourth option. I mean, in, in anything, if you're having to take – if you're having to go down to the – because what happened, they wanted Kevin Steele. They wanted Kevin Steele to be the head coach. The fan base freaked out. That's why you don't let fans make decisions. Remember, stop the steal, all that stuff. Right. Which I don't think Kevin Steele would have been a great hire. I don't think he'd have been somebody who would have came in and, you know, just absolutely done amazing. But that was the guy they wanted. They didn't get him. They went after Billy Napier. They wouldn't 
give Napier what he wanted, which was full control, because Auburn is just Auburn, and that's how it's been. It's the reason Kirby Smart didn't take the job. But Alan Green, the AD, you know, the guy everybody was crying crocodile tears over. Oh, no, Alan Green's gone. Yeah, the same AD that interviewed for six other AD jobs and didn't get it, and whose hires he made were absolutely disasters. He picked Harson because the boosters got slapped around by the fans, and they're not going to mess with their pocketbook. That's the only way to get to him. So you hire a guy that was the third or fourth option that has no experience coaching the SEC. And, you know, as a guy that was in the business, I give everybody the benefit of the doubt just because I, I wanted everybody to give me the benefit of the doubt because I coached all over. So I always give him the benefit of the doubt. But it has been proven that he just cannot do it. He can't recruit. He's not sociable enough. He, brought, he, he doesn't know who to hire or how to hire. And, look, at Boise, he got his milk brought to him. Kids out there wanted to go to Boise because Boise is a big-name program out there where football's not huge and there's not a ton of talented kids. You don't have to find top 15 classes to be good out there. You came to the SEC. This is the jungle. You've got to go out and get your milk, and he can't go do it. So they need to go hire Hugh Freeze. Jake, last thing, then on that note, how do I and we preach patience to Gamecock Nation who so badly is itching to be good again? I think Shane Beamer is doing all the right things, no doubt. But, again, you look at Auburn, you look at other schools, like patience, we talk about that, right? You and I, like, you know, SEC football fans are like bad doctors. They don't have patience, right? But how do you preach patience in a day and age where patience is so scarce? It's nearly impossible. If you figure out a way to preach patience to fans, then, you know, you either found an infinity stone or got accepted to Hogwarts because there's no way that you can do it, especially the place that has expectations. But you know what? You know, you know, the, the silver lining in it all, Chris, is that you root for a team that actually has expectations. You know, if it was going like this and nobody was pissed, I, I would hate to be a fan of a team like that yeah. because that means you really have no chance. What should scare you? is the minute you stop having expectations and you stop having these standards and you get used to losing. Mm. That is what should scare you. It's a great point. Jake, appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Looking forward to doing it again next week. Same thing, Steve Phil. Appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, man. Take care. Great stuff. Jake Crane of Crane & Company. Y'all check out his show. Go follow them on social media. Guys, I see your comments, by the way. Um Apologies for, I think YouTube is down today. So maybe that's motivation why we should never switch the show to exclusively YouTube because technology is great until it isn't. And it was just YouTube. We'd be kind of SOL. I don't know. Uh, Either way, guys, appreciate y'all rock and roll with the punches. We're going to jump into a quick break. But on the other side, I want to hear from you taking your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. Here on this Friday, TGIF, hope you're all doing well. Again, I want to hear from you. Appreciate Jake Crane calling into the show. And, guys, I apologize. Anybody, Anybody having YouTube issues, I think it's not just us. I think it's across YouTube. There's something going on. YouTube is down today. Um, no clue, no clue, so... We will continue to rock. We'll continue to roll. Also, I want to go ahead and point out. Uh, right here, let's jump the phone lines. Corey, what's up, man? How are you? Doing good, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Appreciate you asking. What's up? 
Hey, man, first off, uh, first-time caller here. Uh, normally, I don't get off to about 2 o'clock, maybe a little after, and I always have to go back and rewatch it. <clears throat> awesome, dude. I, I appreciate you calling in, man. I see the Aiken number, by the way. Shout out the 803. Appreciate you. Yeah, 803. Uh, the CSRA. I know you're from North Augusta. Yeah, for sure. The CSRA, man. Love it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm down here by all the Bulldogs, unfortunately. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I know the pain, my guy. I know the pain. So, what's going on? Yeah, man. So, uh, um, have you ever heard the saying, uh, listen to what I mean, not what I say? Yes. Yes, I have heard that. Okay. So that's, 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 <laughs> that's like really key here. Um, mm -hmm. so this is, this may be, be completely wrong, but this is my opinion, man. Like, I don't think we, we brought Spencer Rattler in to like, obviously beat Vanderbilt, Charlotte, South Carolina State, because we was going to do that regardless, right? Mm -hmm. And, we didn't really bring him in to beat Georgia because I feel like regardless if he played a perfect game, we just didn't really have a shot there. I think Spencer Rattler was brought here to, to win the Kentucky, the Missouri, the Florida, even though we beat him last year. I mean, I, I think that's where really Spencer Rattler is going to come in and, and be a, a difference maker in this program. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree that, Spencer Rattler was not brought in to beat the uh, the Charlottes and the SC states, but that's that's who we've got this weekend, man. So I mean, that's that's uh, yeah, that's that's what we got to do. But no, I, listen, I agree with you. I agree with you hundred percent. And I mean, that's why I picked you to beat Kentucky in a few weeks because I really thought Rattler was going to outduel Will Levis. So we'll see if he can do it. So yeah, so I think they're a little overrated. If you ask me, Kentucky is. I know they're a good football team. I think they're just like. I, don't, I mean, I don't see him being a top 10 team. But um, also, I know you're a golfer. Same here. And I know, I know, like, man, we just overthink everything. And, like, I think that's what Satterfield's doing. I, I had an example here. Like, if you're, like, two or three foot off the green, like, like on the fringe there, and, I mean, why, why would you pull out a 60-degree shot and, and try to make a flop shot, you know, to a pin that's, like, five ten yards away from you why don't you just put it stop overthinking things and you know and just do it just relax i think that's what i mean that might be a bad example but like just satterfield like you have all these weapons all around you and you're just overthinking it i think you just 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 call play calls man you know what i'm saying like less is more sometimes yeah let your athletes go be athletes man that's kind of what i was talking about yesterday just playing fast um i think we got guys moving kind of in half speed and um uh, you know, it's, 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 the game's tough enough, but it's all, you know, it's, it's kind of like golf. Like you mentioned, the game's tough enough, but it's even tougher when you're, when you're out there thinking. So uh, just, just go play, you know, you, you put in as an athlete, you put in the work during the week, right? Like just go out and go play. Now it's time to just go have fun, go execute. Um, so I, I would agree with you, man, less thinking, more playing, let's play fast. If you're going to screw up, screw up on the fly. I can, I can live with that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I, I totally agree with that too. But yeah, man, that's that's uh, that's pretty much all I have, man. I appreciate uh, you taking my call. Yeah, man, I appreciate the call. Thank you so much for the insight, my guy. Take care. All right, man. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, I know Robbie Davis has tried to call in twice and couldn't get through. Robbie, if you want to try to call in, <laughs> poor Robbie Davis. Uh, is YouTube back or no? Is YouTube back? I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a YouTube issue because we are. 
we are good across every other channel, every other entity. I, I don't know, YouTube, those things be having a problem. Um, Travis Lee, take this question. Do you buy the sellout? I call BS. I swear they better hope it's sold out of tweeting it is. That might be icing on the cake as far as embarrassing shit in the last month. I, I'll say this. I haven't said anything on social media because I just feel like what's the point. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical for sure. Um, I'm skeptical uh, of a sellout. I, I really thought it was going to be like over under 50,000 in the stadium. I, I just, I'll tell you this. I don't, I don't want to take anything away from Gamecock Nation, and I'm not going to. You know what I mean? Hey, because selling out Georgia is one thing. Selling out the season opener is another. Selling out for Charlotte, tip my cap. Tip my cap. I we'll see. I mean, I I don't know. Uh, have they? You know, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know. It might be a sellout. Are there actually seventy-seven thousand people in there tomorrow night? I don't know. Again, I, I don't. I don't want to sit here and preach on this Friday like it's it's definitely not a sellout. Like they they should know right. Like what's going on more than I do right? Because I'm not sitting there looking at ticket sales and all that, but I, I will be transparent and tell you I was I was a bit stunned. I was a bit stunned to see it as a sellout. I, I'm not even going to lie to you. Um, anyways, guys, 843-790-337. Anybody in the chat going to be in the building tomorrow night? Zach Snow says, I think it's very foolish people calling for Beamer's job already. I get it if things go wrong and Satterfield can't turn things around and it could affect Beamer if he doesn't make a change. I have 100% belief in Beamer. I don't think he'd let it get to a point of putting his job on the line before he makes an OC change. And I'll tell you this, Zach. I mean, I think it's one of those things where you have to believe. You have to believe, right? We have to believe that Beamer is the guy. So, I, and, I, and I still believe. I, I've, I've, yeah, I'm certainly not even re remotely close to feeling like, oh, you know, this is Shane's not the guy. But he's got to be willing to make a change for sure. He's got to be willing to make a change if things continue to go south. Um, guys, eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. Craig Phillips says McAfee got they, they got their show back up. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, shout out to uh, shout out to Aiken, South Carolina for sure. We got a text here on the text line. Ashton on the text line says, what's your expectations for South Carolina with Shane Beamer in the next two to four years? Should he be given longer than four plus years? The Gamecocks have not broke 10 plus wins before that point. Feel he's the right coach to get them back to contending in big time games. See, like that's what's so crazy to me. Like I understand don't just keep a guy just to do it, right? You know, as Coach Ford loves to say, trust your eyes, don't trust Beamer. Like, you know, I, I hear you. But at the same time, like, what, what's your, what's your, what do you want to do? What do you want to do, right? You look back at the history of kind of football. The only coach that's really lasted a while has been Steve Spurrier, right? So what's the plan? Are we just every four to five years going to recycle coaches over and over? I'm not saying if it's going south, don't make a change, right? Will Muschamp, that was the argument a lot of folks have with Muschamp. Well, I mean, we don't need to make a change. But it's like, when you go four and eight, then two and eight, you don't really have a choice, right? And then you see how bad the culture is behind closed doors. But so I would say, like, as, again, as like I told you guys, these first five years, just the way I view it, these first five years with Shane Beamer is all about building the roster. It's all about recruiting. As long as you're winning six or more games every year, 
That's that's fine with me. I'm I'm Gucci. You're you're it, this is this was never a oh if you're not winning ten games by year three, you're not a competent coach, and we got to get you out. See, Coach Ford, you got to Coach Ford. You don't you don't know jack shit, my guy. I, I I love that you comment, but you don't know more than I do or anybody else does, my guy. You're guessing just like everybody else, man. You're guessing just like everybody else. I mean, it's it's. I know you've been negative Beamer since the jump, but my goodness, man, just give it a rest. We know Sat stinks. We get it. I, I just it, – it, it, the shtick is old, my guy. The shtick is old. The reasonable level-headed take, I think, again, first five years, you're winning six or more games, you're going to bowl games, you're going to postseasons, and you're recruiting. You're recruiting. I mean, look at the way – they're doing everything right on the recruiting trail. To say if you're not winning 10 games by year three or 10 games by year four or what – like, I just – I don't see that happening at South Carolina. I don't give a damn who you hire. It took Steve Spurrier till year six, basically, to get to that point. So it's like, I, I, I just don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't view it that way. I, I know that, you know, talking to Jake Crane and others, it's, I mean, Coach Ford, I, I hear you, my guy. When you leave comments, hire competent coaches to start with. You're insinuating that Shane Beamer's not a competent coach. That's what you're insinuating. So if I misread that, I apologize. But it's like, bro, yeah, if you're calling for Shane Beamer's job in year two, you're a slap dick. Like, you're just a straight up slap dick. Um, well, Coach Ford, we're top 15 in recruiting right now, so explain, riddle me that. Riddle me that. Riddle me that. Riddle me that, my guy. Riddle me that. I mean, damn, you you think I'm not, uh, you think I'm not pissed off we just got our asses whipped by Georgia? You think I'm not pissed off we're only going to win five or six games this year? You think I'm not pissed off at that? Who are you going to go hire? Just crazy, bro. It's just crazy. I, I understand college football fans don't have patience, and and Joey Slapdick on Facebook think he thinks he has all the answers. I get that, bro. I, I I see the comments. I go out of my way to ignore the comments. But and, and dude, I, again, when it's when it's bad, it's bad. When it's good, it's good. Whatever. It really feels like there's no in between at times. But I I just say with Beamer, man, like I told you all, I'm locked in for five years. I, unless things just go horridly south, I'm locked in. You know, I picked eight and four. Did I probably get out over my skis? Maybe I did. The season's gone exactly as I picked at this point. It'll go exactly as I picked through the first five games. Kentucky will be an inflection point. You got to find yourself over these next two weeks. You have to find yourself. If you don't, it's going to be a very, very long season for sure. You lose to Kentucky and you're three and three and 0 and three going to the bye week. I'll be just as pissed as you. That's not good enough adding the guys you add. It's not good enough to be 3-3, three 0-3 three, oh three in league play with A&M looming, probably looking at a 3-4, and 0-4 oh start. That's not good enough. We shouldn't just be patting Shane Beamer and those in the building on the back and saying, it's okay, it's just year two. To hell with that. But I'm also not sitting here saying, fire the guy in year two. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yes, Bree, we call we it, it's all love, by the way. We call Travis Ford Coach Ford because uh he always chimes in with his insight and one day we're like, You're just you're coach Ford. No, coach, it's all love to coach Robbie. Robbie, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing on this wonderful game day evening? Oh, I'm doing great, man. Just 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 going through it here on this Friday, man. You know, just just uh as a gamecock, you just catch bullets from every direction, man. So we're doing we're doing fantastic. Um, one of the main things that I want to see tomorrow night and next week, most definitely, okay, is that I want to see our offensive line break the will 
of Charlotte and SC State the next two weeks. Make running holes for the running back to the point where we could run a dang semi through there, okay? Play with some attitude, kick their asses, give them their paychecks, and tell them to go home. <clears throat> yes, Robbie. Indeed. Kick their asses, give them their check. Uh, yes. I, I, yes. Tell them to go home. And, Get and out just... of here. You got what you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> and as I was, if I was Satterfield, okay, what I would do is, like I said for the season opener, from the get-go, throw a bomb and throw it until they throw it until they prove they can stop because again I don't think their corners and safeties can cover our wide receivers and I want to see if we can pass block even better than we did last week even though yes we had some times where we passed block pretty well against Georgia But can we do even better this these next two weeks? And that's what I'm going to be looking for tomorrow night. And the running backs, get yardage and hang on to the ball. Most of all, hang on to the ball, get some yardage. If you've got an offense that's averaging five to four yards a pop, you're eventually going to break a big one. And I think this is – these two weeks are going to be the weeks that we break some big ones. It better be. Did I lose you? No, no, Robbie, I'm just letting okay. you go, my okay. guy. Okay. <laughs> but that, that, that's what I would do. I would, I would tell them we're going to run it or do something on offense until they prove that they can stop us. And I really don't think neither one of the next two opponents are going to be able to stop us. And yes, we're playing Charlotte tomorrow and SC State next week. But we have got to build off of something. And this and this two game stretch couldn't have came at a better time in my opinion. Yeah, I mean when you when you're one and two and Georgia beats you like a drum, yeah, I, I think you could use a layup. So let's hope it actually plays out as a layup. Uh, there's no excuse for it not playing out that way. You know, you, you can you can say you're looking for this, you're looking for that. Dude, I'm looking just for a dominating win. I'm looking for a win where I'm kicking my feet up and I'm not too worried about it in the second half. I'm looking for points, 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 and more yeah. points. Yeah, I mean. Exactly. I'm looking for us to flex and some muscles. I mean, listen, you want to you wanna tell me, you know, you, you want to you tell me, that you're a quality SEC football team and you're close. Well, if you're close, if you're close, you go out and you go dominate tomorrow night. I'm bottom line. Because if you don't, then you must be close to firing your OC or firing somebody. Because that's I don't know what else you could be close to. I don't know what else you could be close yeah, to. I, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear after this game. I do not want to hear after this game. 
oh, you know, we, we're, we're close. We had some, some, some almost good things happen, and you, and you won the game 35 to 20. Like, no, 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 no. You're not, you're not close to anything except no. being Vandy. They you're shouldn't not, even sniff 10 points if that. These next two opponents shouldn't score more than 10 points. Mm-hmm. Okay? If and I and I think that Beamer is Beamer is going to figure out come Hades or high water he's going to figure out a way to get this team rolling, mm-hmm. and like I've said before, I feel like once if we if we somehow by a miracle of God get it rolling, aside from the Clemson game because of their defense and the A and M game, I don't see no one else on the schedule that could stop us. <sighs> Robbie, I, I just yeah, I, I don't know, man. I I just. So you're saying we're going to get it rolling at Charlotte SC State and there ain't nobody on the schedule that can stop us after that? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is if we somehow just in general get it rolling, okay, not not against State and not against Charlotte, but if we somehow get it rolling just period, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see – out of, out, of, out, of, out of the two, besides the two games that I mentioned, I don't see no one else on the schedule that that can stop us. I hope you're right, Robbie, from your lips to God's ears. And two more things before I get out of here, okay? Two more, and then I'm gone. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like a, I'm like a fat kid in dodgeball. Okay, I'm out. Okay, one. All right. Come Monday, I have a question that I want you to ask Garcia, okay? Okay. All right. What is the question? Excluding the Alabama game, what was his favorite game to play in while he was at Carolina? Mm -hmm. And then I still – and this is the last thing. I still – I truly do believe, like I said the other day, that these next two weeks, I feel like we're going to see a special teams touchdown in some way, shape, or form. <clears throat> That's it from me. You have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend. I hope everybody has a great weekend, aside from Clemson fans, because they're horrible. And you have a good one. And Bill uh, Cox, and the heck with Clemson. Well said, as always, Robbie. I appreciate you, my friend. Same to you, buddy. Have Amen. a good one. Take care. Great stuff from Robbie Davis, as always. Guys, phone lines are open. It looks like uh, looks like YouTube is back up. If you guys want to get back on YouTube, stream should be working there. Um, Hunter Johnson, uni prediction. He says white garnet garnet, which would be kind of weird if we didn't wear that against Georgia. I don't know. I have no idea. I haven't heard anything on uniforms and, you know, USC and that crew over there. They want to be extremely secretive when it comes to uniform. You know, I, I, I wasn't a huge battle armor guy. 
I mean, it, it was fine. It was, it was cool. But I will say this, like, I don't love just not saying anything about unis. Like, like just the fact we just have no idea, you know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's get back into your questions, guys. We had a text here on the text line. Jeff Gullett says, Jimmy's and Joe's are not enough. We need great coaches, too. Example, recruiting class Notre Dame is – or Notre Dame in 2018, 10th, 2019, 15th, 2020, 18th, 2021, 9th. We can all agree they should have Jimmy's and Joe's. They are one and two. The loss to Marshall only win is over California. That comes back to coaching. Beamer's going to have to make some decisions this offseason if things don't change. I mean, yeah, guys, I think we all agree with that, right? I, I agree that, uh, you know, I agree. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I, I'd agree that if things do not get corrected quickly, like we, we need to make a change. I, that's We've said that all summer long. I'm, I am not some Marcus Satterfield stan, guys. I'm, I'm not some Marcus Satterfield stan. I am not. I am not. I've, I'm pretty – I think I've been pretty clear where I stand, right? I think I've been pretty clear where I stand with everything. Um, in regards to if it does not click this year and the offense doesn't work, there's no gray area here. Either the offense is vastly improved or we're making a change at OC. That's it. That, 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 that's it. And really, for me, the, the the game where I'm I'm you guys will know I'm gonna go one direction or the other. It's the Kentucky game. It flat out just the Kentucky game. I don't give a damn what you want to say about. We'll give Kentucky. All right, talk about the, if the offense ain't clicking by Kentucky. If if you don't look like you have a clue what you're doing, right against Kentucky, I I think I think at the bye week I'd I'd be fine with making a change. I, I'd be fine with it because dude, it, at some point, man, like you know. The patience thing, you need to have patience, but it's like with the offense and stuff, like, bro, you had a full spring practice. You had a full summer. You you had a fall camp. You had games this season. You're going to have Charlotte and SC State to get it going. If it ain't if it, if it ain't clicking by Kentucky, the bye week ain't going to solve it. No game you play is going to solve it. It's just unsolved. It's, it's unsolved. So, and, and to the point of – you know, others who have said this this week, and I'll say it yet again, I love Shane Beamer. I mean, obviously, again, guys, I would not, and I'm making a point today to wear this because I saw somebody comment on Facebook, well, where's your Beamer Rattler hat? You already throwing in the towel on Be Here it is, slap dick. Here's the Beamer Rattler hat that you wonder what. I've been wearing it all week. Pay attention, slap dick. It's right there. Ain't nobody throwing in the towel here. Bro, I'm a Gamecock. I got rhino skin. We, we've got rhino skin. This hat ain't going nowhere. Beamer Rattler ain't going nowhere. So this one's for you, Slap Dick. Anyways, I, I, I will say, though, you bring back, if, if the offense continues to be putrid, right, the offense continues to be putrid, Shane Beamer can't afford to bring Marcus Satterfield back. Because right now, right, and I, and I don't know that he thinks of it this way, I'm sure he doesn't, but we can think of it this way. Right now, all the blames on SAP. People like Coach Ford, others across social media, those in the fan base, they're all blaming SAP. It's all SAP's fault. He's the fall guy, right? 
He's the fall guy. It's all Marcus Satterfield's fault. If the offense is still putrid and Shane Beamer can't make the move and insists on bringing Marcus Satterfield back, here's the problem with that scenario. The blame will shift. It will go from Marcus Satterfield and it'll go up to Shane Beamer. And that's the last thing you want to happen. I don't want to see this fan base turn on Shane Beamer. Use Marcus Satterfield as the fall guy. I don't think it was a mistake to bring Sat back this year. I I really don't. I know some of you would disagree. I know some of you would disagree. I don't think it was a mistake. Here is why. Here's why. To the point I just made, Satterfield right now is the fall guy. Satterfield's the one catching all of the blame. Beamer's getting none of it, right? If Beamer would have made the move after last year and let's say hired a new OC, college football fans, this fan base will allow you to swing and miss once. You can't swing and miss twice. Swing and miss once, ah, that guy was a bum. It happened. Swing and miss twice, it's a you problem, right? Look at Will Muschamp. He became known. He was the problem. Not his OCs. He was the problem. He shouldn't be a head coach anymore. That's the last thing you want if you're Beamer because you're just in your second year as a head coach. You're building your brand, your reputation. You're building, you know, sort of your, who you are as a head coach. You don't want to be known as a head coach that, well, I mean, that Shane Beamer guy, you know, he, he's, a, he's an infectious, joyous guy to be around, and he builds a great culture, but his offenses are shit. Every offense he touches is shit. No quarterback can flourish under him. So we're, we're not there. I'm not, I'm not saying that we're there. I'm saying, though, I just don't feel like Coach Beamer has a choice if things continue to go south. It will be career suicide if Shane Beamer brings Marcus Satterfield back. It would be career suicide in my mind. Because, again, fair or unfair, the blame will shift. I mean, it's funny, man. I've seen all the, you know, over the preseason, everybody's just positive, optimistic, love your brother above all else. But I tell you what, and I've said this before, and nobody else has been willing to say it, there's no coach out there who's immune to the pressures of winning. There's no coach out there who's immune to the pressures that the Gamecocks fan base will place upon them. I don't give a damn if you hired Connor Shaw as the head coach. It doesn't matter. If you don't win, at some point, they'll turn on you. And again, whether that's fair or unfair, they'll turn on you. They'll turn on you. So, and, and I don't think we're seeing that. I don't think we're seeing that. But let this offense continue to struggle and in the postseason, Shane Beamer says, you know what? We still believe in our guy, Sat. We're getting the right players in here. We believe in this system. We believe in this scheme. We're bringing Satterfield back. Whether they're vocal about it or not, I think a lot of Gamecock fans will, will turn. And, and I just don't want to see that happen. So, guys, again, for me personally, I, I don't think there's any gray area. If the offense continues to be putrid, Sat's got to go. He's he's. There's got to be a fall guy. There has to be a fall guy. The last thing you want is Beamer to be the fall guy. To Beamer to be catching 
the heat of it. And he knows that. Again, maybe he doesn't think of it that way, but I'm sure he knows that, right? You got to be strategic in this damn thing, man. But that's that's why I think to the point that Michael Bratton made and others have made, that's why you don't hire your friends because there's no friends in this business. There, there's no friends, right? I, there's no buddies in this business because you might be my friend, but I'm not letting you cost me my job, Right? That's how I operate in my own life. I'm assuming that's how Shane Beamer would operate. I'm not letting your shortcomings cost me my gold. You know what I mean? So I'm, I, I think that's the way you have to go. I'm not saying you, you don't have to fire Sat midseason. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. Although I would say that if it's not figured out by Kentucky, I'd have no issue if they wanted to go a different direction. Say, you know what? Hey, listen, we're only six games in this thing. We got a lot we can still salvage this year. But to salvage it, we have to be different on offense. We've got to change something on offense. Because, again, guys, that's the thing. You know, we sit here. There's still a – like, but to, to insinuate the season's over in any way is foolish. You're exactly where we all picked you to be at this point. You're one and two. We all thought you'd be one and two. How many – I mean, show of hands – are there that many people in this chat that thought we'd be two and one? I mean, are there that many people? But again, it's not because you're two or you're one and two. It's how you've gotten here and how bad your offense has been. I picked you to start one and two and then go eight and four, guys. So can you get to seven wins? It's still very possible. Can you get to eight? It's still possible. It's still possible. It's still doable. But the offense got to be a major change there there has to be a major change and whether sat thinks we're close or beamer thinks we're close or spencer rattler thinks we're close or whoever the hell else thinks we're close the play on the field says otherwise until proven differently the play on the field says we're nowhere remotely close Maybe Georgia were unfairly judging because that wasn't a good measuring stick. I'd agree it's not a great measuring stick. Georgia is light years ahead of you. But if you want to spend this week telling me how close we are, you got to go beat the hell out of Charlotte. You got to go beat the hell out of SC State. Kentucky hell. Maybe get a win. Here we go. Will, what's up, man? Great to hear from you. How you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? So, uh, just wanted to give a little bit of input on what I'm thinking and feeling. So, one, I sent you a, a message this morning with the, the screenshot of the Barstool uh, story they put on there. And it's just it, – people are already starting to bash us from the Beamer, screaming at the, the uh, Title IX people to get off the field, the, the you know, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But – I just feel like the narrative's already starting to take a dip in the media. It was so much positivity before the season, and now it's already starting to, like, roller coaster ride the wrong way. We got to get it back, like, now. Like, I feel like Carolina as a fan base, if we struggle in this game here to score points, that we're already going to be, like, the season's over. Because we have to roll these. We gotta. We gotta look really good on offense in that two games to even have a chance to beat Kentucky. Because if we lose that Kentucky game and we're three and three and zero and three in the SEC, 
we're going to have a hell of a time getting bowl eligible. Mm. And, I, and I just feel that way because other than Vanderbilt and Missouri, what other games look like they're super winnable games? You know, it, it's just it's just frustrating because it's like all all season this is what we thought. It's going to be better. The offense is going to look better. We're going to be able to pass the ball now that we have Spencer Rattler. It's not going to look like last year. And I'll be damned if it don't look a lot like last year so far. And it's just disheartening. You know what I mean? Like, it's just hard to – it's hard to, to – be excited. It's almost like you're obviously so pessimistic now as a game conference. Well, Will, and again, I, I said this. I think, I, I think, believe it or not, a lot of it still goes back to the Georgia State game. I think a lot of it goes back to Georgia State in the sense of, like, if we had played good football in that game and scored points and, you know, taken care of business, and then the last two weeks happened, I think I could point to and say, you know what? Hey, start of the schedule was brutal. We played two really good football teams, two top ten teams. Give credit where credit's due, even if the Georgia game went how it did. But it's like we've gone through three weeks and we haven't played good football in my mind at all. I mean, in, in very small spurts have we played good football. And that's why I said over the summer that it would just be brutal to, to start 3-3, three and 0-3 three, oh and three in league play. Because, unfortunately, Charlotte and SC State, nobody's going to give you really any credit. You can't win those games by enough. And so if you, if you lose to Kentucky and you look putrid on offense, what are we going to have to hang our hat on after the first half of the season? You know? So, yeah, you know, is. I don't blame anybody right now for feeling uneasy because it's just like it's, it's, it's why I felt the way I did. People thought I was being so harsh and so critical and such a miserable SOB after we beat Georgia State. It's just like, no, dude. I mean, this is – I don't – I mean, and then hearing our coaching staff, and, I, again, I love them all, but hearing our coaching staff – talk up and talk how good Georgia State was and they're this and they're that. Bro, they're 0-4. They can't win a game. Yeah, I know. It's frustrating. They can't yeah. win a game. Yeah. Charlotte scored 42 <laughs> on them. Like, yeah. Georgia State sucks. So, all that, throw that out. We just watched it against Coastal last night. Georgia State is yep. hot dog water. Like, I don't want to hear how good they are. So, you know. And my, and my other thought is, and, and, and I hope I'm wrong here, and, and I think I heard somebody might have said it on your show, might even have been you, about Satterfield and, and the in-game play calling. And it's like either you have or you don't. I don't it might have been J.T. Sherbert that said it. I'm not sure. But it's true. It's like you can be a mad scientist when it comes to schematics, drawing plays up. Mm. But if you don't have that, I know what this is going to work against us, that feeling, that gut feeling of play calling. Spurrier, you knew he just could, he could dial them up, man. And it's like if if this guy just doesn't have that feel, maybe the offense just isn't going to work. And I hope that's not the case. And maybe he needs to go up in the box instead of being on the field. I don't know if that'll help. But they need to try to do something different because it keeps seeming like they keep saying the same shit every week. I keep hearing Satterfield talk about, I know you don't want to hear it, but it takes time. Dude, you've been here. This is your second season. You've got a, a five-star quarterback that's been here since spring. Like, when are we going to start seeing it look good? Because you ain't got another year, bro. You play – if we go through the year looking like we look right now, he's not going to be here next year. There's no way. So, he needs to understand that there's no more time. This is the time. This game right here is the time. We got to see it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's this game. There's no more extension on it. Personal opinion. But, yeah. No, I agree. Hey, I think you hit the nail on the head, my guy. It's just it's frustrating, man. And I and, and I hate being 
I want to be excited and everybody wants to be happy about what we got going on here because it felt like a lot of positive energy at the beginning of the year, but now it's starting to already feel different. It's already starting to feel pressed. Like, we got to win these next two games by a lot, and nobody's going to give a shit if we do, but we got to. Because if we squeak out this next game, it's, that's man. That's gonna be a you know what I mean. That's yeah. gonna be a tough. That's gonna be a tough Sunday. No, yeah. There, there's. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's. It's it's hard for me to even process mentally that like we could squeak out a win over Charlotte. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's it's. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess put nothing past Gamecocks football, but man, that yeah, there there will be no spinning that. Put it that way. And also, last thing. And, I, and I'm still on the Rattler train, man. I am. Because I think that he's got a lot of potential, and I think he just got – I don't know what it is, if he's thinking too much or what's going on, but how long do we – and I know that we don't have a lot behind him, even though Doty has looked a little better in the spring and there's a little bit of action we saw him. And I'm not saying he should take his job. But I'm saying if there's three, four games get down the road and he's still kind of playing the way he's playing, do we put another person in at that point? Like, how long do we wait? If we get through these next two games and he only throws a touchdown in the next game and maybe one touchdown against SC State, and then he shifts the bet against Kentucky, do we replace him at that point? Like, how long do we wait, in your opinion? You know what I'm saying? If it keeps looking like it looks. I don't know, my guy. That's, that's, I mean, it's a good point. It's a good point. Seven's got to play better. I mean, I, it's uh... – I don't know. I, I still look at it and think he's 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 probably he's still our best option under center. But I, you know, if he's not performing, I mean, you need to try something different. I I don't know. I, at some point, he's got to become Spencer Rattler, right? He's just got to he's got to become the guy we we thought he was going to be. So, and I hope it's this Saturday, man. Yeah. It, it should be. This should be the game. You know, yeah. I he's, mean, he should I be throwing. For, he should throw Monday. for three hundred for sure. He should throw for three hundred. Yeah. No doubt. I, you know, I, I hope I call in on Monday and I'm telling you how impressed I was by the 304 touchdowns he put up and we looked a lot better. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that's the conversation we're having. You know what I mean? Like, hopefully we're not talking about he threw for 201 touchdown and two picks and what the hell are we going to do? Yeah. So, just, but anyway, I'll hop off of here, man. I'll keep listening, bro. Go Cox. Hopefully this, this weekend's a lot better for us, man. It should be. We got a night game. Everybody enjoy. Yeah. Sold out. Pal. Hopefully it'll be a good atmosphere, man. Will, yeah, man, I appreciate you, dude. Thanks so much for the call. Yeah, listen, great stuff from Will from Dirty Myrtle. I I think a lot of great insight, great perspective, and I want to touch more on that Spencer Rattler comment uh, in just a second. We're going to jump into a quick break, guys. I want to continue to hear from you more, your questions, comments, calls, and more on the other side. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Final 20 minutes or so here in the Daily Crow. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. Luke RJ asks, how much do you think Beamer's involved with the offense? I don't know. It's a great question. I I mean, I'd assume somewhat. I mean, I I think Beamer, though, from what I understand, is a guy that lets his coaches coach. So I I, I couldn't, but I, I couldn't tell you for sure how much he's involved. Um, I, I don't know. Is, is he being more hands-on now? I have no idea. What's going on, man? How are you? Hey, what's up, my guy? How you doing today? Dude, just chilling, man. Just hanging out. What's up? Man, nothing much finishing up here at work. Uh, I 
had some OSHA people and stuff in the during the day, and they finally got the hell out of here so I could get on and I kept the last little bit of the spurs up. So um, I just want to put some, a little bit of perspective out there that maybe got lost during the off season. And uh, as soon as I wrap it up, I'll take your opinion off, off the air. Um, if the Gamecock fans are entitled to their opinion, I'm still on board the same thing. Um, I understand, you know, at the end of the day, the offensive struggles is going to fall on Beamer and fall on Satterfield ultimately. But one thing I think we have to keep in mind before we go to the extreme of fire, shame, fire, shame, fire, shame, is that let's keep in mind that Mike Bobo kind of put us in the situation that we had to bring Satterfield in. I don't know if anybody remembers or if this is losing anybody, but Beamer, in his press conference, whenever he just, you know, just fixing to say all the best to, um, and I think he put a clip up of basically, in, in politically correct terms, he told Mike Bobo, fuck you, pretty much. But Beamer went to Bobo, and Bobo told him, yes, other colleges are offering me, and Beamer wanted to retain Bobo and wanted Bobo to be our OC. And Bobo told him, yeah, I'm going to stay. And then the very next week, he up and left for Auburn. So that put Shane in the, okay, well, this piece is gone. I got to fix this piece. He landed on Satterfield. To this day, I do not, and I will never believe that Marcus Cityfield was Beamer's number one choice for OC. I think he was going to hold Bobo until he found the perfect ideal OC. That plan went to shit. So I think Satterfield was a backup OC. So I just hope fans keep that in mind. That's just my point of view on it. I think that's the real reason why Satterfield's still here. But I think he's still on a short leash. I think during the bye week, they're going to sit down and talk about it. And if, between the next two games and the Kentucky game, there's no improvement. Just in the back of my mind, I feel like Beamer will take over. If Beamer makes his mind up, yes, we're going to fire Satterfield. With everything he's been preaching about loyalty and love your brother, I don't think he's going to be one of them coaches behind closed doors that's going to say behind closed doors. I think he'll go to Marcus and say, hey, look, you might need to start looking for another job. I'm going to take over Colin OC. At the end of the year, we're going to part ways. That's just my skill on it. I think at the end of the day, yes, Beamer has to answer for things. But before we go drastic and start saying fire Beamer, I just think that's something we should all keep in mind. Um, Happy Friday to everybody. Uh, let's fucking go, Cox. Happy Friday, man. I appreciate it. Hey, great stuff. <laughs> great stuff, my man. Just just drop the mic. Drop the mic on him. Sadder shit. Yeah, I hear you. Um, DGD, happy birthday, my friend. No, you cannot get me to say what you want me to say. I will say to hell with Georgia. Congratulations from W over us, and uh, happy birthday to you, my guy. Happy birthday to you. Uh, we got a chat here. It says, from Ashton Easterling. If we finish the season 10-2, and two, everyone in the chat gets a beer on me. Go, Cox. There you go. Ashton, we're going to hold you to that. Jesse Jacobs. We really sold out for Charlotte. Wow, that's now sold out for all three home games this season. Yeah, according to Game... That ball game is sold out. According to Game Cop Football. Thomas, what's up, man? How are you? Doing pretty good, man. Beautiful day outside. Doing some work. Had a couple minutes, so I wanted to... Uh call in and get your thoughts on something how you doing i'm doing well man yeah doing what's well. a beautiful day for sure and uh, looking forward to kickoff tomorrow 
Yeah, so I just listening to the shows past couple of days. We're talking about putting big numbers on the scoreboard, uh, and, and that'll make people well. That will make some fans happy, maybe the casual fans. I don't think just the, the big number on the scoreboard is gonna is gonna do it for me. Um, what I don't want to see is a, a drive, a, a three play drive where the first two are incomplete passes, whether it be overthrown ball and a drop pass, and then we bust a 70-yard run for a touchdown. Hmm. These drives need to be well-executed plays, good balance, at least five to ten plays before we score. Um, score I mean, at this point, we need game reps uh, to get this offense. If the offensive scheme is as complicated as everybody says it is, they need as many game reps as possible. Right. So, I mean, playing a terrible defense it may give you confidence by the number that's on the board, but it really needs to be that we execute the plays and get as many game reps as possible. That goes for offense and defense. I was just wanted to get your thoughts on that. No, listen, I agree. I agree with you. I mean, I, I, I do want to see the explosive plays. I'd love to see the big plays, but I, I do agree with you. And I think what's so intriguing about this game is, you know, Thomas, I, I when, when I looked at the – or we looked at these games in the preseason, right? When I looked at these games, Charlotte-SC State, but I looked at the Charlotte game, I thought, you know, okay – Great opportunity to to get a bunch of different guys in there and play guys like Braden Davis and Tanner Bailey and Luke Doty and Colton Gauthier. Uh, you know, just just get a bunch of different personnel. And while I still would like to see that, dude, I think it's a game after the start of the season. You need to get, like you're mentioning, you need to get your starters as many quality reps as you possibly can. Like, like they need to see live bullets. They need to have success, right? I, I think that's important. I, I think you leave them in longer than maybe you had planned originally because uh, after this two-game stretch, you dive back into SEC play and there are no more, quote-unquote, cupcakes or, or feel-good games or however you want to label this. So I do agree with you, though, man, having long, methodical drives, execution, execution, execution. That's what it's all about tomorrow night, man, and, and building up that confidence. You know, again, a lot of sports is – you need to see some results because you can have all the confidence in the world, but if you're not seeing results at some point, man, you start to get discouraged. You start to question yourself. Once you see results, then it's like, then you build more confidence and it's a vicious cycle. Right? So I do agree with you, man, building, you know, having those, uh, those long sustained drives and, and, and just seeing yourself have some success and leave your starters in there, man. I'm not saying risk injury or do anything crazy, but you know, this is a game maybe over the summer. I was like, well, you know, you could get Rattler out there by halftime and let different quarterbacks play. And it's like, dude, I think you need to let a guy like – like, you need to – this needs to be a stat batter game. You know what I mean? Like, I – and some fans are maybe looking at me cross, like, dude, we just need to win. But realistically, this needs to be a stat builder game, a confidence builder game. You have the advantage. The talent gap is wide. Take advantage of the worst defense in college football. That's what it needs to be for this group. And for the defense as well, by the way. To, yep. your, to your point, defense as well. Same thing for them. Yeah, I agree. So, anyways – for everybody who's checking out, don't check out yet. It ain't over till it's over. So, uh, go Cox, and uh, hope you pull out a big win tomorrow. Indeed, my friend. Indeed. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks so much for the call. Yeah, see you, Chris. So, see you, man. Great stuff. 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. Yeah, it needs to be a stat game. Pad the stats for sure. Pad the stats for sure. Anyways, guys, 
343-3377. What's going on, man? How are you? What's going on, man? You're just hanging out. Yeah, man. Um, so, regards to Satterfield and all that, man, you know, I know we've talked a lot about it. You know, it's kind of a repeated subject, and, you know, it's kind of getting, you know, I mean, it feels like, you know, I don't know, man. If we come into South Carolina State and um, Charlotte, and it feels like you know nothing, you know, what do you what do you suggest? If we go into Charlotte, South Carolina State, and we score under, let's say under forty against Charlotte, and maybe forty to fifty against South Carolina State, is that adequate, or is that kind of like still we feel Sco- like there's still a concern? Yeah, scoring how many against Charlotte? You said sorry, right. brain kind of just melted there for a second. I, I, you know, I watched this offense, you know, Charlotte went, you know, scored 42 points against uh, Georgia State right. that we couldn't score, you know, what, what, a touchdown or two touchdowns against mm-hmm. Georgia State? Yeah. Yeah, with two touchdowns, yeah. If we, I mean, you know, it was so interesting about the Charlotte game is, you know, it's the worst defense in college football right now. Yeah. And, you know, we really get to see you're getting the worst team in the NCAA to go against. You really get to see, you know, how effective is Satterfield on offense? Right. What are your What are your What do you expect, or what are your You know what What do you think is an improvement on offense against? Uh, what, so what is success tomorrow night against Charlotte? I would say 500 plus yards of offense and 40 plus points at minimum. I, I do. I just that might sound like a lot, but dude, Charlotte hasn't stopped anybody. They're averaging giving up like 565 a game. 500-plus yards of offense, that should be the minimum expectation. Like, dude, if we're – I'll put it to you this way. If we're back in the 300s and all panic. Like, literally panic. Unless unless the, 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 the special teams and the defense is just having a field day and they're scoring touchdowns left and right. Like, if we're at 370 in offense, yardage, panic. Like, that, that is a bad, bad sign. Oh, yeah. Uh, what do you think is going to be more effective, the rush or the pass against Charlotte? The pass. The pass, for sure. Um, they've got, you know, as Anthony Treach was talking on Wednesday, they got, I think, the worst coverage rate or whatever it is in college football. I, I would say the pass. But, dude, you I, I, you need to run. You need to run the football for 200-plus, I think. I really do. You need to push somebody around, you know. You need to push somebody around. So, it's you should be able to dominate in all phases. You should be able to choose, pick and choose what you want to do. But uh, I, I would think the past, we should be able to expose Charlotte on the outside. Get your playmakers going, man. Jaheim Bell should touch the football all night long. God, I'd love to see Josh Van actually break out and make some plays. You know, Antoine Wells, inexcusable for him to have zero catches in that game against Georgia. He's got to touch the football. Get Marshawn Lo- Lloyd going. Get Juju going. Get Christian Bill Smith going. Get Stog going. Get all these guys going, man. Establish who the hell are your playmakers on a week-in, week-out basis. I, I get what Coach Beamer's saying about, you know, like one week this guy might have eight catches, might have zero. But it's like, dude, no. Jaheim Bell shouldn't have a game where he has zero catches. That should never happen. The fact that Jaheim Bell has more rushing attempts than he has catches at this point is, is absurd. It's flat-out absurd. So. Uh. You know, I talked the other day about um, 
about how, you know, it felt like you know, it's out of place for us to have uh, Gene Bell or um, other guys, mm-hmm. you know, in places they shouldn't be. I mean, you saw in the North Carolina game, Gene Bell was that tight end, and, you know, that worked. It feels like what, why do you feel like Stogner is kind of taking Jaheim to Bell's place on the receiving end as a tight end versus, you know, Jaheim? Why is like I see yeah. Stogner, running, Stogner running more routes than Jaheim Bell. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's a great question. And Stog is more of a hand-in-the-dirt guy than Jaheim Bell is. So, I, I, I don't know, to be honest with you. I mean, there, there's no reason why you can't just use them both. Split Jaheim out wide and – you know, have Stogner at tight end. So, I, I, I don't know. The question, the answer is I don't know. I mean, listen, I, I want to give credit to the fact that defenses are trying to scheme to take away to take away a Jaheim Bell, to take away our big play options or whatever, but he's a guy you need to force feed the football. That's just no other way to put it. So, you know, I mean, Stog, I think, is is needs to be used probably more so in, in blocking situations, but he can also catch the football. I mean, I want to use him in the passing game, but um, – yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know exactly what the what the plan is there with that. Um, if you feel like, uh, you know, so what? I mean, you know, you see that you know they got their starting quarterback back, and you know how they played against Georgia State. You know, kind of concerns me is you know how our defense has been playing. It's like we had a great game against Georgia State, and then it's like the defense kind of fell apart. And granted, you know, Arkansas is an amazing, you know, rush team going on with you know. AJ Jefferson and uh, what, what what's their running back's name? I don't I don't even know. Um, uh, Rocket Sanders. Rocket Sanders, yeah. Um, if it feels like Charlotte's able to score thirty five plus, do you feel like the 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 heads kind of turn towards more towards defense than it does offense? Clayton White. I, I mean. Hold on, say that again, my guy. Sorry, you cut out a little bit there. I, I lost you for a second. You know, all the criticism is on Satterfield right. right now, but you know, let's say we go, we do score, go score four fifty. But let's say Charlotte, you know, it's more of a shootout than we thought it would be, and Charlotte gets about twenty eight to thirty five on us. Do you mm. feel like the heads kind of turn more towards playing White than it does Satterfield? Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, the defense needs a good game too, man. It's it's they, I mean, they've been abysmal, and I know you want to. Everybody wants to pin it on the offense and not stay on the field long enough. That's all fine and dandy, but you know, the defense I think needs this, this entire football team needs needs a needs a positive game. Um, so I I don't know what would have to happen for you know maybe if you went out there and won like sixty five to forty. You know, then people will be like, well, what the hell's going on with the defense? I mean, I, I just feel like so much of the attention right now is on the offense and sat. I don't know what it would take for people to turn their attention to the defensive side. But, uh, dude, yeah. I mean, listen, the numbers are abysmal for defense. The numbers are abysmal, especially run defense. So, um, you know, at some point, if it continues, the attention will turn that way. The attention will turn that way, right? But uh, oh, yeah. I think right now most folks are giving Clayton White and those the pass, and especially when you play Georgia and you've got, you know, um, Five guys injured, five guys out for the game. It's uh, you know you're able to get that pass, if you will. Oh yeah, and uh, you know more on a new subject because you know we've talked about this all week. You know, in the between the entire you know live streams and uh, you know even our conversations. But um, you know I was looking in the uh, big talk club uh, Discord, and if you haven't joined, by the way, you should join because we need more people in there. Just saying. Um, uh. We're, I mean, we're we're heading on the 2025 top recruit to number one and number two on the on three yeah. prospects right now. It looks like we have a head start on them. It's kind of surprising considering how the season's going. I'm like, it turned my head tomorrow. I was like, wow, maybe 
maybe I've been a little bit harsh. You know, maybe we do need some new personnel, maybe. And, you know, maybe not. I do still feel like Satterfield's scheme is not going to work with whoever we do even bring in. But, you know, what's to say that, you know, we keep most of the persons uh, or most of the coaching staff, maybe besides Satterfield, you know, I'm, I'm not a Satterfield fan right now. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. And you heard that from me. But um, what's to say what happens if we get some of these uh, where we're in, we're in a – I, I don't know. What worries me is, you know, we fire Satterfield or something come the bye week and we we have a pit poor performance against those two guys, two teams, and we lose that momentum on some of these five stars we desperately need for that blue ship ratio. Yeah, I mean that that's that's why I want to see Sat succeed so badly, right? Because of the way they're recruiting. I mean, he I think he's done a good job recruiting quarterbacks and you know, Greg Atkins on the offensive line. Obviously they they're recruiting the heck out of the line of scrimmage. So um but, unfortunately, it's one of those things where, again, it's, it's you know, if you don't produce and you don't perform, at, at that, that, you know, you, you got you to gotta go off of that. You know what I mean? So, I, I mean, I will say this. You know, it, it's big kudos to Coach Beamer for the way they're, they're still crushing on the recruiting trail. And I would say as long as that is going well, you should feel good and optimistic and positive about the future of the Gamecocks football program. You see recruiting start to fall off. That's where you start to really, really get concerned. Because, again, players play the games, not coaches. So, um, I, I'm still obviously, again, I don't feel like I should have to say it, but I'm still very high on Coach Beamer, and it's been a tough start to the season. But, again, have to remind everybody, we're exactly where we thought we would be three games in. Well, it may not be the way we wanted it to go. It hasn't looked how we wanted. We're exactly where we thought we'd be. So, um, But certainly need to play better. Need to build, uh, again, some positive momentum and positive energy moving forward throughout the rest of the season. Starts tomorrow night against Charlotte, man, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, one more thing. Um, I had in my head, I kind of, you know, have an idea and it's not like, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there pitching this to Shane Beamer, but you know, with how well Satterfield is recruiting, it feels kind of, you know, more of a self-destructing bomb to just fire him. What if they reduce him to recruiting or an offensive analyst or co-offensive coordinator role to where he doesn't make the play calling, but maybe Freddie Kitchen sets up as a co-coordinator on offense. And they kind of duel it out to kind of keep that recruiting minimum and change the play calling. Well, I guess you'd have to see if Marcus Satterfield and guys behind closed doors would be willing to put aside their, their pride and their egos, if you will, to do something like that. And if something like that happens, maybe a change like that happens and we just don't know about it. I mean, who knows? Maybe the offense looks totally different tomorrow. We have no idea. So, um, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But you have to feel like you have to feel like if they're going to make some type of changes or adjustments, like these are the two weeks to do so. Because if you're gonna if you're gonna experiment, experimenting at Kentucky or against A and M, that ain't the move. You know what I mean? So, who knows? Like we don't know. That's the crazy thing. We're not in the building, my guy. We don't know if those adjustments are being made or not. But uh, I I hear what you're saying, and I and I don't think it's a it's a bad idea by any means. Um, I, I guess we'll just have to wait and see if that's something that uh, Beamer's willing to do. All right. Well, I'm going to head out. I'm on a drive right now. But uh, I appreciate you letting me call in, Chris. Uh, yeah, man. You have a great rest of your day. Yeah, man. I appreciate the call. Thanks so much, my dude. Appreciate him. Appreciate everybody in the Big Cock Club, by the way, all the love and support for the business. Uh, guys, we've hit 2 o'clock. Hey, thank you all so much. Apologize for the YouTube issues today. YouTube being down. Crazy. Crazy when that happens. Um, again, guys, go check out the podcast that dropped this morning. If you have not, episode 706, full breakdown of the Charlotte game, top storylines. Key matchups, keys to the game, and I lock in my lead pipe lock of the week prediction brought to you by our friends over at A1 Air Quality Consultants. I've got the Gamecocks, by the way, winning the game 48 
to 21. I do believe that South Carolina will cover the spread. I think they'll have a lot of success offensively. Things are never as good as they seem. They're also never as bad as they seem. I think Charlotte's abysmal. We'll be able to move the, move the ball up and down the field. I think finally we get some sort of relief, and uh, we'll have some success offensively. So, uh, anyways, guys, appreciate y'all. Thank you so much. Hey, we're out at Seawells again tomorrow night. Or, excuse me, yeah, tomorrow, not just tomorrow night, but tomorrow all day. We're out at Seawell, spot 78. We'll have koozies and towels for sale. We'll also have koozies and stickers to give away. Going to be a lot of fun. The TSUS and Big Cock Club flags will be flying high and proud. So, Chase, I appreciate you, man, the shout-out for the Big Cock Club. Thank you so much. Y'all join the Big Cock Club today. Get access to the Discord that Chase was referencing. Um, other than that, guys, thank you all so much. Appreciate the love and support. Thank you for yet another successful week. I truly do appreciate it, guys. Thank y'all. Take care. Y'all have a good one. Have a great rest of your Friday. Go Cox. Beat Charlotte. And we'll talk to you on Monday.